Have you been broken by traumatic events or extraordinary life circumstances? Have you experienced childhood emotional neglect, abuse, divorce, or broken relationships? Join your host, Rhonda Marie Staub, relationship strategist and licensed marriage and family therapist, as she explores being beautifully broken and the journey to mending your heart and how God makes life beautiful again. Rhonda Staub, host of Beautifully Broken, A Journey to Amended Heart. Today on the show, I'm excited to have Pastor Mark Sowersby, who is an author, and he is going to share his story about being beautifully broken and his journey to amended heart and how Jesus has restored his soul. So hi, Pastor Mark Sowersby, and welcome to the Beautifully Broken podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, and thank you for having me on today. My name is Pastor Mark Sowersby. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a pastor, and I also wrote a book. So that makes me an author. I wrote a book called Forgiving the Nightmare. Awesome. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you today, Pastor Sowersby. So what is one of your biggest challenges in life? Boy, boy, I could give you a, a list. I have lots of them. Probably one of the biggest challenges in my life today is I wrestle with my weight. It's the thorn in my side. Most of the time, I'm always losing 10 and gaining 20 or losing 20 and gaining five. Weight is probably one of my biggest struggles. Right now, I'm doing better. I'm on the down low, but there's other weeks and months that I'm on the upload too. So uh, that's probably the biggest struggle. But like everybody, we have many of them. And there's been many struggles in my life that I have, I've had to deal with and wrestle with. So tell me your story about being beautifully broken. Well, the broken part is ugly. I think all of us have a, a story that's ugly. In my book, I call it nightmares. And I say everybody has a nightmare. And when we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we walk with faith, with God, God's love, we come to a place where we want to walk in the grace and the mercy. And unfortunately, my story was an ugly one. I grew up in a dysfunction home. I was abused from the ages of 7 to 14, every way, shape, and form that you could think of. Yes, my body was abused by men. I was sold. I was stabbed. I was beaten. And, and I was lied to and abused. Not only did those things happen, but the, the mental things that happened, the, the spiritual things that happened. You know, my dignity was stolen. My self-respect was stolen. And it left me with an insecurity and fears of life. And I walked with that for many years. I, I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ at 16 years old. And I wish I could tell you that made everything perfect. Uh, God is perfect and his love is perfect, but that didn't make my life perfect. That meant that I had a friend, I was forgiven, I had a deliverer and a savior, but now I had to wrestle and deal with those issues of my past. And here I am over 50 now, and I've written a book to tell other people or to share my story about the real practical side. I prayed on Sunday morning, but what did I have to do on Monday morning? So my book, Forgiven the Nightmare, is about those practical steps on my journey through forgiveness and healing. Okay. Tell me how God restored you and made things beautiful again for you. The simple answer to a very big, deep question is that God became bigger. So, you know, I was waiting for the day that I would wake up and that pain would be all gone that lie, that fear, that hurt, that insecurity, those negative feelings and emotions, those insecurities and pains. I was waiting for a day my whole life and I prayed for it. I, I, I longed for it, that one day I would wake up and that would all be gone. And to be honest with you, 
that days never come. Even today, as I speak to you, I wake up and some days are better than others. And the hurt and the pain from the past tries to raise its ugly head. But what happened in my life is that even though the mountain of abuse, even though the mountain of sorrow, even though the mountain of pain never became any smaller, God became bigger. So in a sense that the word of God and the love of God and the grace of God, Jesus Christ and him dying on the cross for me became a bigger truth, a bigger hope, a bigger grace, and a bigger love than all the hurt. Now I say that very soberly because I know how big that hurt can be in somebody's life. I walked with it for many years. 7 of 14, my body being abused, all the years of my adulthood wrestling with fears and pains and insecurities and rejections. But one day, only by the grace of God, by seeking God, was I able to get to the place to say, you know what, even though that pain is big, my God is bigger. What a story, Pastor Shower to be. So why are you passionate about what you do? Well, at the end of the day, I, I did it because God told me to, and I'm passionate about God. I'm passionate about the love of Jesus. I'm passionate about the truth of the word, but I want to see people be set free. I've been in the ministry all my adult life, and I've seen many good people that earnestly want God to move in their life, but they're still tethered to pains in the past. And sometimes the church doesn't do a good job to give people room to walk through that, to deal with that, to wrestle with that, if you would. So I see people earnestly wanting to forgive, but never going through the process of forgiving because it gets ugly and it gets hard and there's a lot of facets to it. But, you know, David would write that I walk through the valley of death, but I I shall fear no evil. And I think sometimes as we forgive those who trespass against us, we have to walk through the valleys, walk through the valleys that tried to tear us down, tried to hurt us, tried to title us with a name that never meant for us like victim or broken or this or that. There's some kind of title that this world, the enemy, the trouble, the trauma tried to put on us. But I know that God has given me a new name. And that name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I no longer see myself as a victim. I see myself as victorious in Jesus. Very sober of who I am. I'm far from perfect. I don't have it all figured out. And some days are better than others. But I know I'm I'm not a sum of my brokenness. I am a whole in Jesus. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple and Spotify and Google within minutes of finishing your recording. So podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out. So let's create something great together. So following the link in the show notes lets BuzzFriend know that I sent you and it gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for our paid plan and it helps support our show. Thanks so much. Pastor Mark Sowersby, what made you want to become a pastor? Uh, You know, I heard somebody say a long time ago, either you're called or crazy. And I can only tell you that I really, truly believed in the depth of my soul that I was called to be a pastor. I ran from it. I'm a dyslexic. Education has been a tragedy and a casualty of my upbringing, if you would. 
I've never been a good student. So when I felt called to go to Bible school, I ran from it and God did some miracles. I was the guy who took English five, four, five times just to pass. But, you know, God, God's great. And he's called me to be a pastor. He's called me to write this book. And I'm honest and I'm genuine as I know to be. And I say, listen, life isn't always easy. The process of forgiving isn't simple, but God is always great. I love to see people come into a relationship with a God who loves them. I tell people I'm the most least religious person you'll meet. You know, people will ask me all the time, how did you forgive somebody who abused you? How did you forgive somebody who did all that to you? And I would say, I didn't start with forgiveness. I started by seeking God. Seek God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And as I started to seek God, I, that's all I wanted. See, I grew up in a home with lies. My abuser spoke the language of lies. Everything about my abuser was deception and lying. I didn't want to have a religion that would lie or break or deceive me. I wanted to seek the genuine God. And as me seeking God throughout my life, saying, God, I don't want religion. I want you. And seeking God, he would teach me how to move the mountain. And that's very poetic to say, but it started very simply for me. God would say, Mark, let's move the pebble. Let's move the stone. Let's move the rock. Let's move the boulder. Let's move the hill. And step by step, precept by precept, one day God would say, let's go move that mountain. And I would say, God, it's too hard. How could you ask me to do it? He'd say, Mark, how did you move everything else in your life? And I said, you helped me. And the Lord put in my heart, not audibly out loud, but in my soul, he said, I would help you do this. By trusting God, I was able to forgive. And that's where the forgiveness is. That's where it comes from. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean I don't seek justice. Forgiveness doesn't mean that I don't have to do it over and over again. Forgiveness doesn't mean I let my hurt abusers off the hook. It just means that I've forgiven those because Christ has forgiven me. Wow. You told me you are married and you have four children, you said? I am. I, I got four kids. It's great being a dad. My oldest just got their driver's license. Please pray for me. <laughs> wow. So how did God redeem your relationships in order for you to be married and a father and develop a new legacy in your life for your family? That's a great question. And it, it started slowly, like everything else, from a seed to a tree, from a baby to a person, to an adult, if you would. Um, you know, I, I think it just started slowly. I had to first start allowing God to have his way in my life. I had to surrender to the will of God. I had to let the spirit of God transform my heart of stone into a heart of flesh. I had to let God renew my mind. I lived behind my protection and my protection wasn't always easy, but it was my protection. And sometimes that protection pushed things away or people and places away from me. But as the Lord started to refine me, as I started to no longer want to hurt. I no longer wanted to be that person that carried all that pain. So as I surrendered to God, as I, and you have that ugly word, right? Nobody likes that word. As I started to submit to God, God started to do great things in my life. So I kind of see my life as a dam, if you would. I grew up with a lot of ugliness and abuse and hurt, but I'm the generation that stops it. You know, I'm, I'm the generation that it's not being passed on. I'm probably passing enough junk on like we all do, but I hope that to be the generation not to pass that kind of junk, not just abuse, but a victimhood or sorrow or deception. I, I, I think I'm the damn and to see my children go forward is such a blessing. Oh, we're not perfect. We're wrestling with stuff just like everybody else trying to pay these high gas prices, just like everybody else. But right. you know, try to just be real and honest. Awesome. So you wrote a book. You said you were an author. So tell me about your book and what that process was like to write that and also where we can find it. Sure. The book's called Forgiving the Nightmare. And the process was my life. It's my life story. 
It's my testimony. I get into a little bit about my nightmare, the ugliness of the abuse, but I don't try to sensationalize it. I just kind of mention it. And then I kind of talk a little bit about what God did in my life and how God has always been there for me, even when I didn't see it or know it. But the back part of the book is what I call trail markers. I like to hike. I'm up here in New England and we got some mountains, not very big ones, but we got some and I like to hike them. And when you're hiking on a trail, you got, you got to follow the trail markers or get lost. So I put 10 things in the back of my book I call trail markers to help us stay on the path. They're what I use. They're not the only thing to use, but they're, they're things I use like prayer and, and reading my word. But even, even things outside of that, like having good friends to speak into your life and, and learning to forgive yourself and others and, and being very honest and true with who you are. So there's these things I call trail markers in the back of my book that help me stay on my track, if you would. Obviously, the pillar for those things would always be prayer and God's word would always keep me upon the track. But my book's called Forgiving the Nightmare. You can find us at forgivingthenightmare.com, forgivingthenightmare.com, or up on Amazon. If you go on Amazon Books, put in Forgiving the Nightmare. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon or check us out on forgivingthenightmare.com. Or of course, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn. So come and check us out instagram too awesome that's great we will i will definitely check your book out because i would love to read it is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know well i would like to say that oftentimes when somebody has trauma when they've been broken when they've been hurt one of the biggest lies the enemy uses is to say you're the only one you're the only one that's ever went through this you're the only one that can experience this and that kind of isolates those that have been broken let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there that's been through a lot of things. And if you're dealing with a trauma today, reach out to somebody you can trust, somebody you can hope in, counselor, coach, pastor, friend, doctor, reach out to somebody who's going to come beside you in your journey. You're not alone and give yourself plenty of room and grace to walk through it because God does. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Sowersby. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. It was an honor and thank you for having me. God bless you. So after hearing Pastor Mark's story, I want to share some more vital information about trauma. When you think about someone experiencing trauma, like violence in the home, sexual assault, any type of abuse, domestic abuse, anything like that, terrible car accidents, being combat, war veteran, all of that is trauma. There's also a more subtle form of trauma, like emotional psychological and mental trauma. If this stuff is often overlooked and minimized because it's on the inside of us. We can't see those wounds inside of us. We might think we've gotten over those emotional pains, but a lot of times we've simply buried them and not dealt with it. Other forms of trauma is divorce, separation, infidelity, any of that's traumatic. Any type of significant change in your life can be very traumatic for you. So there are four signs that you have some type of emotional, psychological, or mental trauma. Anxiety and stress may cause overwhelm for you. You might feel out of control, like there's too much to do, or that people in your life are taking too much time and attention. It feels like your life has become unmanageable. This could be a sign that you have unresolved emotional trauma. Overreacting is another sign. Like if you have a disagreement with your spouse and your emotions are just extreme and you're just projecting all your emotions onto the other person. Unhealed wounds tend to leak out in your relationships. And it's very possible that 
you might have some emotional things that you haven't dealt with when you have those extreme emotions coming out. If you experience shame, it's not uncommon for people to feel shame when they have any type of traumas and emotional trauma and mental trauma and psychological trauma. You might blame yourself and see yourself as weak and have feelings of that stigma. And you don't want to be vulnerable and share that trauma because you don't want to feel judged. And that's completely understandable. Another sign of emotional, psychological, or mental trauma is that you're daydreaming or not staying present in the moment. You're zoning out. You're spacing out. You might feel disconnected from others and have difficulty staying present in situations. You can slow down and feel exhausted and numb your emotions by mindlessly scrolling, binge watching Netflix, that sort of thing. You may have withdrawn from your relationships or isolated yourself. And that can cause more psychological and emotional pain when you isolate yourself. So if these signs seem familiar to you, there's help. So if you live in Alabama or Tennessee and you need a Christian counselor, I'm available. You can look me up and make an appointment at LMFT.com and we can talk more about your trauma and help you find some healing for your life. You can also sign up for my newsletter and there are some free downloads like my 30 day boundaries and relationship challenge and for marriages, couples, date night workbook. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Beautifully Broken, A Journey to a Mended Heart. We hope you will listen next week as we continue to explore being beautifully broken and how God can make life beautiful for you again.